Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, back from out of town, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. He's got a lot to be embarrassed about, guys. I know we talked last week that he was so he lost that contest that we couldn't talk about. That's why he wasn't on the show last week. And uh, now he's back. What so. contest did I lose? Uh, we don't talk about that. You you know, oh, you, you should be ashamed. So got it. That's why I hosted the show last week without him. You know, he wasn't allowed on the show. Oh, he that was, was the excuse. I haven't listened to it. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, welcome back, guys. It's Masters of Modern, the the real host of the show. Hey, he's, he's not a goblin. He's Alex Kessler. That wasn't my goblin voice. Goblin <sighs> voice is is Russian. Got yeah, it. it's I, just I, I am I am goblin. This is this that was more like nefarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, do, do you remember in Top Tacking we made Nicol Bolas Russian? Uh, vaguely, yeah. yeah. That was uh, weird because because the like person who did the read the line wasn't yeah uh, didn't know who he was and so it was just going off of the first name Nicole. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So this is uh <laughs> this is a modern podcast. We yeah. talk about modern cards and the Magic the Gathering universe. Uh, hyped, hyped, super hyped. There's yeah. a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, Dominaria is is tight AF. Yeah, it's really really yeah. fun. I played two pre-releases last weekend. Um, Me this, too. Yeah, which I had is, to drop halfway through the second one because we had a meeting with my wedding planner. I had to drop a, a match before the end of the first one, and I was three zero. I was so bummed. I like, uh, had a super sick deck. I like I I my first deck was just great. Like it felt like a constructed deck. I had like Sarah Angel. I just had like and I, Teferi is a card, and we'll talk about him later. That in was the your episode. Jeskai deck that I looked at. That I was like, this looks I, I, awesome. I played Jeskai twice. Ugh. I can't not play Jeskai, but yeah. uh, uh, Teferi is just like. Teferi impressed me a great deal. It felt like the most like playing with Jace yeah. I've had playing with Standard. Like it was limited, so obviously a Planeswalker is overpowered. But he felt a lot like playing with Jace the Mind Sculptor did back in or now or you know generally in the sense that like he comes down. If you need to, you can risk him a little bit more to get rid of a guy, or you can just start generating card advantage and locking your opponent out because you're untapping your lands and keeping up removal spells it's a it's a really fun set so we're today is the the modern set review we're going to go through each card that we think is cool that has a potential impact on modern uh other really fun stuff that's going on right now first of all we have a sister podcast they're called the command zone they're Mm -hmm. on Mm collected.company but they also host a show on youtube called game nights game nights is this really cool magic show did someone we know happen to be (laughs) on a most recent episode that came out this week i'm on game nights i did just it just uh premiered yesterday Uh with me and cassius marsh the defensive end from the san francisco 49ers uh, returning guest. Uh, I played a Joyra deck. It's called Brawl. It's like a 60-card uh, commander variant. It's really fun. You can go find that on YouTube. I had a great time, so thank you to everybody, all the fans, all the support. Uh, it's been a blast to see the comments and, and get to yeah. you know play some magic. So that's a thing. Uh, but also, you know, just check out the Command Zone because they do great content. Jimmy yeah. and Josh over there on Collected.com. Consistently company. and wonderfully. Also, congrats to Jimmy. He just got... It was announced that he is now the lead of the next uh, Sony Pictures animated uh, animations movie, which is a... It's called Wish Dragon. It's yeah. Jackie Chan. It's He's so the main cool. character. It's so wild that him He's and a, Jackie Chan are going to be together in a yeah. movie. He's also like... All of you are getting real buff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm just getting fatter. But <laughs> I think you started there, yeah, so sure. like you're downgrading. But yeah. <laughs> as Jimmy and like, like he's just like right. guns. That picture, yeah, that picture. Everybody's laughing. Yeah. One of the fans was like, "Jimmy, can you share your workout?" I'm like, that wasn't the point of this picture. <laughs> uh, well, because you're all next to like Cassius Marsh, who's like 
Big burly professionally dude. meant to be professionally buff. Yeah, <laughs> he's a football player. <laughs> uh, yes, so that's uh, that's what's going on. That's the first the uh, first wave of shoutouts. I think yeah. we're gonna get into the episode. All right, so let's get into Dominaria. Well, before we get like into card by cards, what's your like feeling with the set? I mean, I know I think it's so cool. Yeah. This is, I mean, here's the thing about Magic, dude. Is like you know this is this game's been around for 25 years, mm-hmm. and the early days of Magic, the first 10 years of the game, it's like. That's like the part of Magic that I really, really love, the Dominaria stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they did such a good job once they switched over. And all the new places we've gone to, all the, the Planeswalkers and the Ravnicas and the Innistrads, like, those are great sets. And I have my I have total affection for those sets, too. But, um, but like, I definitely feel like when I look back at Magic and I think about the things that drew me in and also the things that I feel no st- so like nostalgic about, that's why Time Spiral is so special to me. Sure. And this feels, in a lot of ways, like it has those mechanics. It's not quite as deep in terms of keywords, but it's it has that feeling, which is it awesome. Has, it has off the wall, you know. It has all the off the wall things that kind of are are classic with any set that Richard Garfield is attached to. Yeah, like it, I did. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. I think it's something I did on Twitter. But I like found the list of every set that he's worked on. And first off, every set he's worked on is the most iconic set of that era. Really? Like he, like, he did Innistrad, which I would say of that era of Magic is the most iconic set of that era. Yeah. He did original Ravnica, which is super iconic. He did yeah. Tempest. Yeah. He did Urga's Legacy or Urga's Destiny, all those guys. Yeah. That was like the era that he was still working there. He did the, what's the graveyard, the uh, the graveyard themed, the first graveyard theme, not the first one because Urga's Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Are you talking uh, the Torment? Torment, yeah. He yeah. did Torment, the first Torment, the, the third set. So he did yeah. both of those, which are like, of the sets on the list, they're probably the least beloved, but they're the most beloved by spiky or like ingrained draft players. Right. Well, I mean, that's uh, that, that set. So that's Odyssey, Judgment, Torment. Yeah. So we did uh, Odyssey and Torment were the two. And he 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 like he advised on Judgment. There's like very like, very cool stuff that came out of those sets. I mean, that's where we got Psychotog. That's, that's where we got Flashback the first time. There's there's a lot of cool stuff out of that right. set. Um, so All like of the Atog variants, <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know, the, this this is a person who obviously created magic. Obviously, Alpha Antiquities. Those are pretty. Those are pretty Knights iconic too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, it just every time he's touched a set has been this this kind of weird, awesome moment, and he's back, and I think he's done it again. Uh, you know, you can even see like just a bunch of people, especially in contrast to Ixalan Block, which people kind of disliked the draft format so much. Right. Uh, you have this like weird reversal where people are like, not only is this great, but I've been starved for a good draft format for a while. Right. Um, yeah, I'm super hyped. Yeah, I'm super, super hyped. I mean, I really think that like just looking through the set, obviously, and, and this was this was fun because of the Game Nights thing. You know, I got to build my deck with those cards a little, like a little before everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the whole set. Um, but what's really cool is because I was building for Constructed, uh, I didn't really look at the limited cards. So playing in the pre-release, it really felt like I was looking at cards for the first time mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. When I always love limited... Like the pre-release was always to me has always been a great bed for like figuring out which card is underrated. Yeah, like, that's where I like found Walking Ballista. Like I was at a pre-release, no one was talking about that card. I cast it once and I never lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> because it just is bonkers and is like, and you know that's where you found the Boros Reckoners of the world right, on draft. Right. Day, you know, on, on pre-release days where it's like sometimes there's cards that just go totally under the radar that you get, and that's kind of where I'm at on Tafiri right now. Like it was that good. Um, it's just it's gold, so its place in standard is going to be a little bit wonkier. I had some pretty. Un- unbelievable uh some pretty unbelievable interactions in, in my dominaria limited stuff like first of all one card that i think is going to make a standard impact is the four four for four in white black the the vigilance vampire thing mm-hmm. uh vampire knight 
So it has two abilities on it. The one ability is white, two, and tap to make a 2-2 knight with vigilance. The mm. other ability is black and tap. The tap X untap knights you control to destroy a creature with that power. Mm-hmm. Did you I don't play against it or play with it? Yeah. Okay. It's insane. Oh, I, really? I played against it and didn't... Wasn't impressed. He might not have enough knights to really... Make I don't even think it. you necessarily need the knights. I think what's so impressive tokens. about it is like... Think about this. It's a 4-4 four, four vigilance for four. So a 4-4-4 four, 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 four is a perfectly fine rate. Sure. Right? And it's it's vigilance, so it means that you can attack comfortably and also then use the ability after attack. So like your ability to attack, if they do something cr- crazy, you hold up a mana, you can make a knight so it like, replaces mm-hmm. itself. Also the fact that like you can just attack and then like tap it with one and just kill like an X yeah, one. I guess the person who had it wasn't playing with it optimally. Yeah, that card. I, I don't. I'm not saying that's going to be like a standard powerhouse. Yeah. but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if that ends up in control decks. It's just like a strong mid range. It, it reminds card. me a lot of the vampire from Innistrad. That would, bloodline keeper. Yeah, bloodline keeper. Yeah. Um, okay, so so beyond that, now what about what about the mechanics? Any like you know we have three main mechanics. The first one is kicker, which classic. Yeah, yes. classic mechanic. I mean, what's great about kicker is that it allows you to kind of always mitigate flood so you can always kind of play with just a little bit more lands in your deck than you would normally expect yeah, to play right um there's some limited wise there's some awesome ones i was really impressed with the red flashback one it's not fly, but it lets you grab an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard if you flash it back it's a one three it's like it's like a one three for two and then for six mana you can get a spell from your graveyard and put it sure in your hand. okay yeah, yeah, I, think um, I, know about. I had two of those in my first deck and it was just like bonkers but uh yeah kicker's great i mean the, yeah. the freedom it gives you to to play in the long game is always like so nice um the second one is the the sagas that's like a new mechanic it's a new card type it's a new card type it's cool yeah Mecha- uh, so they, and they also look beautiful they're yeah, like they really really, really well designed cards i think they I also, I mean, not only are they well designed, but I think like they they tell their stories, which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea to have them represent these pieces of lore are like that's like that's like where I got into the story. Like that's you know, I mean, I'm not like really big into magic story, but like the sagas make me feel like I'm I should I should pay attention. Mm-hmm. They do a great mm-hmm. job. That that's what's that? What kind of design is that? Is that top, uh, is top, top down? Is that top down? Yeah, where we flavor. Yeah, they favor flavor. Designs the card versus mechanics design the flavor. Exactly. And that's like a great example of that working super well and getting my attention. I'm not somebody who cares about that stuff. Uh, Next is Historic, which is kind of related to Sagas. Yeah, and Historic's really cool. So Historic, right? So so the the deal with Historic is that... uh, Artifacts, legendary spells, and sagas are all historic. Uh, now, sagas are a new card type, so that's insular. That's part of this block. And legendary yeah. things are classic. Well, There's a lot or, of originally it was it was legend. All sagas were legendary at one point, yeah. And and it was just legendaries and artifacts, and they changed it partly because the card typing. I think got a little tight yeah. for sagas, but also they found out that there's just sagas are better if there are a few that you can have multiple and play of the same one. And, and then the, needed that. And then the last one is artifacts are, mm-hmm. are historic, and that to me is where they really struck gold with this mm-hmm. because I think legendaries that's really cool, and, and sagas are great because it's when you know we're currently when we're in this block, but like the fact that now retroactively all artifacts are historic is really fun. That's like one of Magic's great, great strengths over other games is that it has this history where everything is backwards compatible. So... Or it... I would say Magic is best when it's doing that because yeah. it doesn't always do that, for instance, Coming out. arcane spells. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, that, that's sort of what I mean is that yeah. that's, that's when it's Wizards at its best. learned their lesson in that, yeah. And, and so that's a great way for them to basically combine a, the new design with old design right. and make it so you get really excited. You're thinking, okay, well, all these things that trigger off historic, how many artifacts can I think of that would work you know, interactively with mm-hmm. this in modern? Like, that's a very cool thing. Um, yeah, and I think that it, that's where a lot of these cards, the evaluation of them for modern or older formats is going to be the most interesting. 
interesting is like how does this affect modern when artifact counts that are powerful are much higher than standard and standard even has a large artifact count because Kaladesh block is still around right um i think that we have one other thing uh oh uh legendary legendary matter but really legendary spells is the last one right uh thoughts on legendaries yep um, I mean, I think they're fine. That's probably of the ones we just described. That's, I think, the weakest. The I, legendary spells. Uh, I just don't love the idea that these cards can be dead in your hand and uncastable if you don't have, like, a but legendary. That, is, it's kind of like reverse of regular legendary, where, like, if I have a, if I have, if I play with four Thalia in my deck and I have Thalia in play, the Thalia I draw is dead. This is, if you play with this legendary spell in your deck, you need to have a legendary in play, otherwise this is dead. Yeah, I think I would have just preferred, I would have been more excited about that type if it had some nominal effect you could play, and then it becomes legendary if you control legendary. Yeah. I think uh, that, I, I mean, maybe that would have been more predictable. I, I, I kind of wish... My thought was like legendary is just if you have another one in your graveyard, you can't cast it, but I guess like they Got didn't it. want to do that because of... It's hard to get stuff out of your graveyard on purpose. Right. And, yeah. Um, of the spells, Urza's, Urza's Blast, whatever, was... I think that's what it's called. Urza's Blast? Urza's... What do you, what's Armageddon? the spell? It's Exile All Things That Aren't Legendary. Oh, okay. Uh, like, it was epic. It was really good in my limited <laughs> draft deck. Uh, I was actually impressed. I was impressed by the spells themselves and how not that difficult it is to cast. Having a legend, at least in limited, having a legendary is pretty easy. And like even looking at modern or standard, yeah, looking for cards to put into play. Like because planeswalkers count, that's a pretty l- easy list to get kind of into play. Yeah, big time. I mean, the planeswalker aspect is is definitely something that increases the ability for these cards to be powerful. The powerful card that I played was. Um, was uh, Jaya's Immolating Inferno. Okay. It's like the X, the, the red X spell. And, and limited, that's just a total house. Well, it's, 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 it's fireball times three, right? <laughs> it's three. I mean, it's insane. Um, and yeah, I think of those, green, the green one is the only one that every time I see it, I'm like really unimpressed by it. Which what was that? The green one? one's the one that's like a bad, uh, what's the, you know, X, green, green, green X, put reveal X cards, put everything that's a permanent X or less into play. Oh, sure. Because it's only creatures in. It's like it's like a it's semi like it's like semi Genesis wave kind of yeah and yeah, Genesis yeah. wave is just a better card versus all the other ones that they they seem to be just very good for what they're doing like exile all non like almost it can be built as a one sided wrath is like really good I have seen uh, I have seen the uh, Genesis wave one we're talking about be good I've, okay. I've seen it actually be powerful but I I know what you're saying yeah and though they're all powerful I mean like time walk is as a six minute thing is like fine yeah. but it's yeah, Karn's okay. Temporal Sundering. The art on Temporal Sundering is amazing. So what would... Uh, I, I think I have one big complaint for this set, oddly enough. Yeah. Do you have Do you have any big complaints for it? No. I okay. mean, I think that one I mentioned, that, that the Legendaries is probably the only thing that really stands out as like a little lame. And, and for the limited format, I do think... I do think that the more we play it, the more we're going to find that the limited format is like a lot of very, very like... Just like dink and dunk mid-range decks. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a super aggressive deck that's easy to build. But isn't that a good thing compared to... Like, Kaladesh was the opposite of that, where Kaladesh was hyper-aggressive. And, and I, I know there is an aggressive build out there of some of the color combos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll find. I've only played, you know, two sealed yeah, pools, yeah. so, like, I, I haven't even drafted it yet, but um, that's something I was noticing. Uh, the, the My biggest complaint is that there's, like, half tribal support in some tribes, but there's not enough to actually make it work. Like, Goblin Tribal in the set there's four cards and or five cards and two of them are rare yeah and like the other three aren't like necessarily that good with each other so like why yeah like goblin war chief just seems like a dead card always 
Yeah, like, like it, one of my, be, unless I have Siege Gang Commander. Well, I mean, I guess in theory that you know the next set, right? Because there's it's a it's an origin set. They're not origin. It's a it's a core set. There's no Dominaria two. Oh right, that's how it works now, yeah. right? We don't do blocks anymore. Correct. All Which sets maybe are maybe the other thing I don't like about this set is I like how I'm does it sad wait? that this is the only Dominaria we're getting. How does it work now? You get one set and then you get it's all large sets. There's, now? there's three large sets a year and there's one core set again. That's right. It's so weird how they change this, though, now, because... Like, core sets... The sets a year can be sequel sets, though. They just are never going to be drafted together again. Got it. So, like, if, say, we go to Ravnica... Yeah. ...again, and they want to do all ten guilds, they can do five guilds on one set and then five guilds on the next set, and you just wouldn't ever draft together, but they would... Got they can, it. Like, you can do sequel sets still. The point is, they're not designed to be played together in Limited. Um, that's so, What's so interesting is that, like... And we, we were... I promise you guys, we are going to get a set review in a second, but... Uh, What's so interesting is that like every couple years they'll introduce like something new as far as the way they release sets or the way things come Recently, out. Yeah. It seems like every couple years they change it and then you're like it doesn't it doesn't make me trust anymore when they say this is how we're going to do things going forward that that's actually what it's going to be in 2 years. It makes me always feel like we're trying this out. We got rid of core sets. Okay. We're getting, you know, now now the M sets are going to have new cards in them. Okay. Standard rotation's different. Okay. Uh, two sets, three sets, large blocks. Like it's you know what I'm saying? Well, they did they did 6 years of of M sets with new cards in it to pretty much a decent success. I think they just yeah. they are trying new things out, and, and I'd rather them try new stuff than not. And we're just eventually. I think they like realize there is a problem, and they've been trying to figure out the best solution for it, and they haven't succeeded yet. Right. And this might be it. You know, I, I mean, th- this is the easiestly the most obvious way to fix it, which is just we no longer have small sets. Small sets were the problem. They never really worked. Standard can handle having more cards than we thought we could. Core sets were something that I think we still needed. A lot of people felt like when there were no core sets, it felt wonky. Um, There's no place to like onboard stuff or reprint things in the standard very easily. Right. And just like it became kind of like there were problems that they were creating to solve problems they had. Makes sense. I mean, I, I do miss the idea that we can have sequel sets. That's like like nothing in this set feels like it could be expanded upon. Which is a shame because it's a great but set. But I think also one of the reasons this set feels so great is because they didn't save anything to be expanded upon. Yeah, but I also think that... They didn't you like know, sandbag legendary sorceries. It also does mean that like having a Dominaria set and having it be great means that in two years, if they want to come back and do another Dominaria, we'll probably be much more open to it because mm-hmm. we'll have had one season with it. Yeah, we didn't spend an entire year with it. Every place we go, we're going to be more up on board with Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a gift and a curse to spend spend you know six months of the mm-hmm. year on one place it's like fancy restaurant dining yeah you, for know, sure. you know you like it more because you get less <laughs> yeah for sure um all right so let's uh, let's get into our set review before we do i do want to remind, i want to remind everybody here you can find us on twitter at the mm cast you can find me at ben Bait media i am at kess wiley and uh you can find a couple other things that we have going on as well we have a patreon patreon.com slash the mm cast that's where if you guys want to donate a couple bucks to us it helps us do our thing you know with this device you're hearing us talk on the the video content that we keep talking about introducing all of that comes from the donations that you guys uh, help us with and and it's instrumental it's the only money we make is the Patreon money. So please help us out there. Uh, it would be very helpful. And uh, secondly, I do a show now for Wizardry Foundry called 10 Minutes of Modern. It's no longer on Anchor. It's a Facebook show. We are giving away free foils and free th- currently a free foil Tarmogoyf. Uh, all you have to do is go check the content out, share it on your Facebook page, and enter your information to the Rafflecopter link in the description of the videos right now to be entered to win free stuff. So, and I give you guys just like daily modern content. I talked yesterday about Merfolk Trickster. And on Mondays, I give you reviews of what's going on over the weekend at the GPs. So check out that on Wizardry Foundry as well as their stuff um, if you want you know, free daily content about modern. Sweet. All right, let's get into it. All right. Um, let's start. Uh, we're going to do it in order of rarity. So let's start with Cal- what K- is it? Cabal Paladin. 
Cabal Paladin. Black three. Okay. Creature human knight. Whenever you cast a historic spell, Cabal Paladin deals two damage to each opponent, and it's a 4-2. Yeah, this card's fine. I mean, this card's sweet for limited. Uh, no, I, so like, if you play this, and then you just drop three Memnites, you do six damage to your opponent. <laughs> it's cost four, though. I mean, right, you, have you to, win it, like in an eggs deck. In a in a, it's like another version of the red. You tap your artifacts to do one damage, but it's like much more explosive. Or in like a, an eggs deck, yeah. To be, like this is a much quicker win condition than anything else eggs was playing, which is kind of the thing that eggs needed because it had when it lost its engine, it wasn't able to go infinite basically. But now this means it doesn't have to be. You just have to play a four two. I mean, I don't know, like it. <sighs> Those decks don't really want a four drop as the thing they have to drop and then go off. I mean, like Clan Clang Ironworks, I mean, the, technically they're, the way they go off is a five drop. Ironworks? No, in, in, in Eggs, which is the second, well, not second Sunrise, but the whatever. Face Reward, you yeah. mean? The four drop? Yeah, so, but nobody plays that deck anymore. That deck is bad. Because it doesn't have two of that effect. Because it can't no, lo- it no longer can go infinite. The reason the deck died is because it can't. And people do play that deck. The amount of people that post that deck list on, our, fair on both of our groups. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I mean, I, I I looked at this card. I was more interested in the the, the uh, historic that mills two. It the, is not that hard to drop ten artifacts. Yeah, I mean, that's I was more interested yeah. in the one. I think it's a one three that mills two every time you play a historic spell because you can play that, it earlier in the game. So. Uh, Milling two, say you get it on turn three, they've drawn 10 cards. So that's... No, I understand. That's 25 you, you have to do it to three times as many times. Well, that's not true. You have it's to do one it... Point. It's two point. Two and a half. Yeah, two you and have half to times. do it two and a half more times to win. Correct. I get it. But you can also play it on turn two, which means that any engine you have going on... Sure. Yeah. Um, unwind. This, Blue two. Counter target non-creature spell and tap up the three lands. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is rewind, but three drop and negate. Right. Uh... It's fine. I, no one's gonna. This isn't a thing. You don't think it'll be? You don't think the fact that untap lands? I think like there's a possibility like that. That effect is always interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think modern's like hungry for this. Like modern has so many efficient like interactive counter spells now that it sure. just doesn't seem like it's gonna push through. Could I mean it could? Mm-hmm. I, these effects are always impressive, and we do have bounce lands in modern. So like maybe somebody will come up with some really clever way to like get ahead on mana doing this. Sure. But it doesn't strike me as a necessary effect. Countering their own abrupt decay to make six mana after five? That seems bad. <laughs> you can't even, how can they counter their own abrupt decay? Well, you can target it with unwind, and unwind will. Does it get fizzled and you don't untap your lands? Or Maybe. Does it I don't know. Just fail to counter. Why abrupt decay? Where are you going with this? How did that happen? It's just an uncounterable spell. Oh, got I mean, it. pick a different uncounterable spell. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that works though, because I think it fizzles. It fizzles, not, and you it don't get the, get the other effect. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, next is Grow from the Ashes. Two green sorcery kicker. Two. Search your library for a basic land card and put it on the battlefield, and then shuffle your library. If this spell is kicked, search for two basic land cards. The key to this to me is that they come in untapped. Seriously, that's a big <laughs> deal. I played this uh, card a lot at the pre-release. Um, I've been like, and this is for standard, but I've been, you know, one of my great standard loves of all time was the Enter the Omniborg, where you play, you know, the the Thrag Fire. You played like Eight Fog, Snapcaster Mage, Thrag Tusk, Sphinx's Revelation to like go infinite with an Omniscience and you yeah. ramp. And I like, remember you love that deck. And right now, between this Teferi and uh, Gilded, Mo- not Gilded. Gilded Mox. Gilded Lotus. Yeah. You have three different five drops that all enter the battlefield and then have th- two plus mana available. So yep. you can just like plan on being able to fog with those cards, which is interesting. But even in, in modern, like being able to on turn four, put a land into play and keep remand open. And on turn five, put two lands into play and keep two mana open for remand. Seems like 
a thing that I have wanted to do in decks like Scapeshift historically. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm telling you, I, I had two of these in my first draft, in my first sealed deck, and I was blown away by how good it was. Yeah. It just feels like you're... And, and in Modern, it's even better because you get a land for, you, you know, the most... There are a bunch of one drops that are really good at interacting with stuff. So you, yeah. can, you can, on turn three, just get a land and be able to kill anything your opponent throws at you. Right, totally. Um, so it, or, or, it, the or scalability play, like, of being able to get you to do a lot of... It, yeah, it's, it's, I'm pretty, I was pretty impressed by it. Uh, next, I have Sapling Migration. This is green and one, sorcery. Create two 1-1 one, one green Sapling to- creature tokens. Kicker four, if it was kicked, put four of those tokens in play instead. So it goes from two mana for two 1-1s one, to six mana for four 1-1s. One, the reason this is interesting to me is that there are a lot of... All of the two mana make two one one tokens are like half playable, or even a little better than half, like seventy five percent of a card. And depending on the tribal deck, especially, you know, if if the tribe matters, it's actually playable, right? Um, and so this kind of being able to not only play it on that point, but then scale into four late game, so it's even a more powerful spell. You know, anytime you have kicker, being able to look at both sides is really important. Right. And the thing that's really important is when a card is good on the front end with a kicker spell, it's twice as important to kind of look at how powerful it is. And this is a decent card already. Right. And then you just sometimes you draw it on turn, you know, late game and it's just a better card. For sure. Not to mention Slapperling Tribal is a thing. There are cards that are relevant that care about that, so that's even another layer. Yeah, I do wonder if there's is there a Sapperling deck that we're that we're not thinking of that's gonna be obviously and immediately good now that the set has been printed. I don't Oh I thought about it. There's a two mana lord now for funguses and sapperlings. Uh now in this set? Yeah. It's two mana two two that gives all sapperlings and funguses plus one plus one. I posted a list on Twitter. It was one of the things I did on that airplane travel <laughs> list I was making over the last few weeks. <laughs> um I'll get to that card, don't worry. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um That's <laughs> so funny. Rat colony. Oh, this card's sweet. Uh, it's just relentless rats but a two drop, and instead of getting plus one plus one, it gets plus one plus zero. Yeah, and it's the it's the all it's the all aggressive version, but we all know the difference in modern between a two drop and a three drop and the significance there. So like, I know that relentless rats becoming five fives or four fours or just something that survives a bolt is like more relevant than this. On the other hand that it, it costs two. like yeah. this made so different. I mean, pack rat, a bunch of these. Yeah. And like maybe a few of the like autonomous or whatever lords, the, the robot lords that yeah. can be any creature type. Could right. Just be like, and like thought and stuff. Yeah. Might just be fine. I think this is a budget deck. Right. Uh, this also, have you seen the lists where people are playing Relentless Rats or the demonic version of this effect? The basic demonic, like it's a one drop that you can sack and then you can, if you can get into your graveyard, you can exile it and then you get rid of everything in your deck. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. I talked all about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so sweet. Explain uh, what the deck does because I'm, I'm a little bit loose on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was obsessed with this. I like, posted that last week on 10 Minutes of Modern about it. So I know. That's why I'm yeah, bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> you he, talked about it last week, right? Yeah. yeah. He talked to yeah, he, the, the guy that posted it called it Ratatouille and his like whole, I think he played like 38 38 of these rats. Uh-huh. Or it, might, it might have been Relentless Rats, but I think you could do it either way. Uh, played like five lands, one Lab Maniac. Four of the lands, by the way, were Sheldock Isle. And uh-huh. like three Emrakul. And then I think Serum serum Powder. Yeah, the thing that lets you mulligan for free. So you basically are trying to mull a hand where you're going to have... And four Surgical Extraction. So you're trying to mull a hand that has basically no land. Uh, one rat, at least. A Surgical Extraction. Mm-hmm. And you're then going to discard the rat. And end of turn, you're going to, for free, exile your entire deck. And then your draws will be... Sheldock Isles and Emrakuls. Hopefully. You will <laughs> Sheldock Isle. It will reveal an Emrakul. And by the time that... 
you then can activate it and cast Emrakul for free and win. Uh, or you have one Lab Maniac, so if you get totally boned and you can't get there, you just cast Lab Maniac and draw into the win. Right. So that's, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so so at a bare minimum, this is a better card than necessarily even Relentless Rats was for this deck's purpose because you have a better game plan B of just casting this card. I think because they're two lands. Into yeah, play. they're cheaper. I yeah. mean, that, that's the thing is like a, casting a three drop when you have five lands is much harder than casting a two drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and also the fact that like you know. I mean, yeah. There's, there's, there's a bunch of cool and fun ideas for how sure. I think you could make this work. But uh, next is Broken Bond, green and a colorless, destroy target artifact or enchantment, and you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. I think it's just a good sideboard card for stuff like uh, Scape Shift. Scape, not, not even not Scape Shift. Um, uh, what previously was Summer Bloom decks. Oh sure, I think it's probably I think it's probably good in both. I mean, I know Scape Shift wants to ramp. It doesn't want to just Scape. So the thing is, Scape Shift playing red green and just. If, gonna, if I want a way to kill artifacts in red green, there's just better choices than this. Being destructive um, revelry or or ancient ancient grudge. Like ancient grudge is just better. I mean, it is and it isn't. Like what deck dies to one artifact destruction spell? Destroy one. Yeah, artifact. it's fair. I mean, I, I guess like my the fact that in in summer bloom decks you play this instead of summer bloom, but you play this, you kill an artifact to put affinity off of one turn, and that one turn buys you and you ramp a turn and that deck means everything in it everything yeah versus scape shift where it's like i put a land in the play for my hand when that's fair yeah um anything else in that card um no i think that's pretty much sparring construct one mana one one when it dies put a plus one plus one counter on target creature it's an artifact creature yeah, it's I mean, only yeah. relevant because it's a one-drop artifact creature, and there aren't that actually many of them. No, there, there really aren't. When we, did, when we did our like iconic things of every CMC episode, yeah, like I like didn't include artifacts in the long run in all of those categories because <laughs> one like signal pest is the best one-drop artifact creature. That's so modern. crazy. Yeah, they just don't have like chronomaton. There's a few of them, and they're all important to look like at affinity because just is this a affinity card possibly? Hex parasite. Yeah, I think hex parasite's the best one. Probably, <laughs> I love that card. That card's sweet, and that's actually, that card's with actually sagas yeah, really cool. card's good with sagas exactly. Uh, all right, next is Skirt Prospector. We did an entire episode on how great this card is. We talked a two, lot about three it three weeks ago. It yeah. was our preview card. He's great. Art's great. Yeah, Sacking Goblins is great. There's like a, yeah, there's a cool like tribal. There's like tribal. two different. There's yeah, like four different directions. It goes infinite with with yeah with um, good cards. So what's it called with um, Metallic Mimic and, and Murderous Red Cap? Yep. Yeah. So, so there, there so there you go. Infinite damage, infinite mana. Love that. Uh, next, I have Opt. They reprinted it. Yeah, I guess they just wanted around in standard. Uh, this card has been relatively unimpressive to me, actually. Yeah, in modern. It, like it's fine, and like, but just in general, I almost always want to serum visions over it. Yeah, it's definitely. Like, I think in decks that are controly, it's better than uh, as your fifth serum visions than right. some other cards. Slide of hand, or like I've even done some. Thoughtseize, Inquisition, five, two, or three, two splits with it, where it's like sometimes one is better than the other enough that right. you want a little bit of both. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, I'm glad it's around. It's just better with Snapcaster is the only difference. It's like, that's the only real. Yeah, but it's it, not. No, yeah. and it's only if you want to be playing a Drago. strictly flash deck. Yeah. yeah. And even uh, then, even then, those, those flash decks sometimes don't care as you get to the middle of the game anymore about casting opt you're okay to just like tap one of your lands on your turn if it's more value. So right. like even then it's not that relevant. Uh, Lenore Elves is back. It's great. Yeah, the, the OG. The OG uh, Elf. Gitu Lava Runner. This is red for a 1-2. As long as you have two or more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard, it gets plus one in haste. So if you... 
theoretically on turn one bolt an opponent and then on turn two bolt them again and cast this you have a goblin guide that does not um give them a land yes yeah i mean you can uh it's very hard for this to be good on turn zero right or turn one but i I think this is better than goblin guide on turn two beyond i mean but that just defeats the purpose of goblin guide right but i I mean i looked at this card and did think about that like you know there's there's probably something to be done if we had gataxian probe in the format this would be a little more significant yes yes but the fact that we don't means this card has a much harder time actually being good agreed uh artificer's assistant one blue creature bird flying whenever you cast a historic spell scry one and it's a one one yeah, I mean, look, this card, I want this card to be good. It seems like it has so much potential to be good. I cut it in game two every single game this last weekend. Uh, it just I don't think it's good in limited. I think it's bad in limited. I think in modern is the place where it might find a home because playing this in affinity isn't bad. It's like it's a it's a creature that can be equipped with sword or with with clamp or not clamp uh, plating plating that doesn't get affected by all of the artifact hate in the format. So yeah. like you, you don't get wrecked by, you know, different versions of that, that also every time you cast one, it draws you to more cards. So I would play this instead of something like the draw to affinity card. Yes. And instead like, of thought cast, instead of thought cast, I would maybe play this cause it does something similar, but it's more aggressive and it's, uh, on the game plan. I wonder if this fits into those grand architect decks, those blue steel decks. Oh, I think it, Definitely, Definitely does. does. How are you not more hyped on this card for that reason? Well, because those decks. What's sweet about those decks is that they get the one. The one drop is disruptive. That's why those. Car, that's why those decks are good. Sure. Um, you have like a curse catcher effectively in those decks, and yeah. this is good. But like, I, mean, I would you? I mean, in architect decks, though. Not necessarily maybe that one in a different version of them. Yeah. I feel like this card's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in certain architect decks, definitely. Like, architect I think, is always looking for one drops that do well with yeah. what its game plan is. One and, yeah, one and two blue creatures that are like solid, uh, always. And yeah. I think I think maybe maybe this like, is... Weren't you making that one drop that enters play and like, looks at the top four cards of your library unless you reorganize it? Sage of Epitier? Yeah, weren't yes. you like making that? This is just better than that in not this even, deck? Not even close. Not even close. That can't be true. <laughs> it looks at the top four. Alex. It flies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think there's a there's a real argument to be made for this card um, in the combo version in the architect in the architect with Pilipala. I go infinite version because mm-hmm. you're digging, and that's the point. Um, and I think that you probably because Pilipala is a one one flyer, and this guy's a one one flyer. You could kind of build that deck to be a little bit more of like an early aggressive flyers deck that also has the backup game plan of going infinite off like okay. a walking ballista or something. Um, maybe, but sure. next adventurous impulse green. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or a land card and put them in your hand. Why does green get all the good one mana cantrips? Yeah, I know. Seriously, it's like now, now with like ancient stirrings and this and uh, what's the other one? The the planes legendary one. The legendary Both one. Of Nissa. Both they of, keep oh, printing. Yeah. They keep printing sweet green cantrips. Yep, which is bizarre. It's not really what I thought. Traverse the Ovenwald. Yeah, right. Yep. I didn't think that green was supposed to be that, but it is apparently. I think it's just because it can it, it it dictates what you can get versus blue can get anything, and yeah. so blue is better because of that. So it's more dangerous to print good ones. Well, green you can print it because there's more of an ability to whiff off of this. Yes, because you could I guess reveal the other three adventurous impulses in your deck. But mm. that's yeah into it. Yeah, uh, take. Tatiova Benthic Druid. Three blue green legendary creature Merfolk Druid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life and draw a card. Oh, sure. Right, uh, right, right. I think this is the least expensive landfall draw card ever printed, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's just a thing that 
should be relevant and paid attention to. Yeah, I mean, this is it's it, there's you can ramp this out on turn three pretty easily, yeah. and then any land you play from that. Put this on a Lotus Cobra deck. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love the idea of playing this on turn three off. Uh, yeah, you can't. You can get five in on turn three off Cobra, right? That's that's yeah. the best you can do with it. Uh, I don't know if it's the best you can do with it, but it's the most naturally likely. That's the traditional. You play it on turn two and you play a fetch on turn like, three. Best involves playing Summer Bloom like effects and stuff like that. That goes like a little crazier, but you yeah, you just fetch and you have five mana. Unfortunately, then they just kill this thing. They probably if they either kill your Lotus Cobra or they kill this thing. Sure. So then you're kind of like oh sweet. Once in the play, you have priority too. So yeah, but if you're playing a five, it's a cost five, right? Yeah. If you're playing a five drop on turn three, then what are you going to sure. do? Yeah. Uh, it's fatal push proof. Yeah, that's true. And if they path you, you get a free man out of it because it enters play with your Lotus Cobra in play. Oh, or they path your Lotus Cobra and you can get this a turn earlier. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garna the Blood Flame, Black Red 3, Legendary Creature, Human Warrior, Flash. When Garna the Blood Flame enters the battlefield, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn. Other creatures you control have haste. Interesting. I had this card in two of my pools n- never got to the part where i read that it gives other creatures haste yeah so that's actually better than i thought it was and i put it on this list just because the fact that like it can draw you a bunch of cards if you somehow get creatures into your graveyard from your library yeah it feels like one of those things that's uh <laughs> where it's like they stapled that last part on at the bottom like it almost like didn't need it yeah yeah i don't know yeah it's yeah, fine it's fine She's cost, very fast. Cost five. It's cost five. Uh, <laughs> and it's a three-three. If it was a three-four, we'd talk about it. Our <laughs> yeah. bad. The cursed. Three black white death touch lifelink. Other legendary creatures you control get plus two plus two. Yeah, I had this card in one of my limited pools. Interesting card. Uncommon, right? It's um. Yep. Uh, it's it's Blast five. All, I've been only talking about uncommon so far. It's We're a five man. A, it's a five man. A three-three. I mean, but it's a five man. A three-three that overruns. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is powerful, and it's and it's legendary. So like legendary and it's multicolor and if you build like a heavy legendary deck i mean it's a big effect Mm -hmm. but it still seems like it's a little bit clunky uh next card is whisper blood lithurgist oh this card's sweet i had Uh, this card in that same pool uh and so my so i'm just going to tell a quick story because i uh this is something awesome i got to do uh, at the pre-release i had lich's mastery the uh the the three black three and like legendary Mm -hmm. enchantment that maybe we'll talk about i don't know i don't think we are yeah it's a bad card (laughs) but (laughs) i played it with uh slimefoot the black green one uncommon two three legend that you can make saplings we'll be talking about before so i had that and lich's mastery together and uh in the same deck as the card you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the card you just mentioned? You said Arvax. The- or uh, how to pronounce his name. Uh, Whisper Blood Lithurgist. And I had Whisper in the deck as well. So like, I was just pretty much staring down my opponents being like, okay, so do your worst because what's going to happen is I'm going to make a token in response when you try to kill my Slimefoot. And then I'll tap this Whisper to sack the token plus some other creature to get back the Slimefoot end of turn. But because I have Lich's Mastery in play through this process, I'm going to draw like three cards and you're going to lose like three life. And I just like sat there staring my opponents down and it was just like disgusting engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. So Yeah, so, so for those who don't know, it's Legendary Creature Human Cleric. Sacrifice two creatures or turn target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's a 2-2. This effect is just something that doesn't exist. I, I didn't. I, I, it may exist as kind of there are better ones out there that you can sacrifice one creature to do this in magic history, but I think this is the first one in modern. And 
anytime you have a different way to reanimate things that also has a different kind of engine attached to it is something I think to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the ability to, you know, in our aristocrats deck to sack two of these guys, there's this beefier dude that we'll get to once we get to rares that also kind of goes in a deck similar to that where, you know, you're trying to just get big things into play by sacrificing things. And um, I, I definitely think this is a card that has potential. And yeah, I mean, it, be a combo card. It combo does piece. cost four and it does require a tap. So you need haste or an untap with it. Uh, sure. Which is a little problematic, but yeah, I mean, there's there's cool potential here for sure. It's like engine-y, yeah. and that's something they'll always pay attention to. Definitely. Uh, Warcry Phoenix, three red Phoenix, two, two, flying haste. Whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may pay two red. If you do return Warcry Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Um, always looking for sweet new Phoenixes. Well, yeah, I mean, now with... with uh, Hollow One decks being the second most played deck in the format, I think anything that you can reanimate in that deck... Yeah, for some amount of mana is something to look into. I think this is just worse than what they're already playing. They have the ferocious one, right? So I, I, I don't know if it's really going to be relevant, but yeah, it can see playing that if they are looking for more effects. It's a, I mean, I think it's a little less good than other phoenixes, mm-hmm. but you know, settle the score. Two black black exile target creature. Put two loyalty counters on a planeswalker you control. You know how easy it is to ultimate with Liliana <laughs> with this card. Yeah, probably pretty easy, right? I think you ultimate on turn turn three or turn four like you like turn one plus I'm, I'm confirming her loyalty confirming they like updated the decked app which is making my life harder hmm. oh not on dominaria just ever um but yeah so i mean the, there's a few different planeswalkers i think out there that this like allows to ultimate the turn after you untap with them so yeah you plus with Liliana, putting her at four uh, the next turn you cast a spell, putting her at six loyalty, and then you ultimate her. Yeah, really, that's really, like, really that's powerful. That's like pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exile is the creature you're killing, so it's like just a decent effect anyways. Um, and then if you do it with Liana the Last Hope, does it do it as well? So you go to four. No, it puts it at six, but then you, you can plus one more time. So you plus twice, exile a thing, and then the following turn you get to ultimate, bring her down to seven, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's epically powerful. Yep. I think I think this card is like possible to be looked at at these mid-range decks as like another option it's just a good removal spell that gets rid of a lot of things permanently and then also can do annoyingly broken things if you have a good planeswalker in play yeah i mean i think it's you're you're not talking about that card as a i'll play this in a deck because it's an okay card and it'll interact with my deck you're playing this in a this is one of the unfair things that i'm able to do and i'm playing this because i'm playing a powerful planeswalker deck correct and i want it it's like, like playing Asper walker deck that lets you just ultimate two turns earlier that's yeah. very powerful for sure what's the name of the card uh, let me find it. The name of the card is Settle the Score. Settle the Score. All right, keep going. I'm just going to stare at this sucker. Um, Baird, Steward of Argive. Two white, white, vigilance, legendary creature, human soldier. Creatures can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless they pay one for each of those creatures. Yeah, I, again, I had this He's in that same four. deck. I had this in actually both days. I, I mean, him this. being a 2-4-4 four, four drop is... Interesting. Like it doesn't die to lightning bolt. No. Hard to kill it with push. And yep. it makes it so creatures are really difficult to get to. With. Yeah, right. Like I mean pretty defensive spell. You know, legendary is a is a card type is also something just to pay attention more to. There's more, you know, with the mocks that got printed that we'll talk about. Literally, I think it's the last card because yeah. we're going in descending order. <laughs> um, I think there's definitely a conversation to have here. Yeah, I mean, I also, you know, again, you're, you're mentioning sort of the legendary deck, but like imagine playing this card in a deck that has Hero's Blade and you lay this card down. And even if you are an aggressive deck, all of a sudden Hero's Blade gets automatically attached to this thing. Now you're now you have a five, six vigilance 
So now you're talking about a 5-6 with Vigilance that makes it impossibly hard for your opponents to attack you profitably if you have a Hero's Blade in play. Oh, oh, sure. So, like, I I mean, I think if you're playing that... If you're playing that deck, you have Hero's Blade. Yeah, Hero's Blade is... Uh, so I have a, like, zoo list built that's yeah. kind of taking advantage of the mocks, and we'll talk about that later, but Hero's Blade is, like, the most powerful thing it's doing. Well, also, like... So, okay, those zoo decks that would play, like, two Elspeths in the 4-drop slot, yeah. I think you could play this guy in the 4-drop slot, possibly, sure. because he's, like, really good, and he immediately comes down and becomes huge. <laughs> Except uh, the one difference between this and Elspeth is that this guy isn't very aggressive in the deck we're currently describing as aggressive yes versus this is a little bit better in like thalia based prison decks right um which i still think is a good thing to talk towards uh, you know I, I don't think that's not necessarily powerful yep um next i'm gonna do these together because they're very similar and i will repeat ourselves a lot the wizards lightning and retort combo yeah so Counter spell and lightning bolt basically my feeling on these two cards is this um i don't actually think that wizards retort is going to make an impact because I think that even if, and this is, and maybe I'm wrong here, but even if regular counterspell was legal in modern, I think it would see some play, but I don't think it would like break the format. I think honestly, the decks that want to be playing counterspells want efficient counterspells that create tempo or card advantage. Like just hard counters are fine, but they're not like what the format's about. I can't see a single Delver player not deck not playing four of these. Maybe? I mean... You play Delver on turn one, you have Counterspell. You play Snapcaster Mage at any other point, you have Counterspell. You play Vendillion Click at any other point, I know, but if you don't have a creature, then you have three mana Counterspell, whereas like Logic Knot is just Counterspell, and people play Logic Knot, and, and you don't need to be playing a Wizard deck to play Logic Knot. I, I, I don't... Maybe they play a split, but like I think that the thing that that deck was missing was good, consistent always counterspell maybe i mean i could be totally wrong about this and maybe i'm just i'm misunderstanding quite the power but when i started to really think about like, also, the decks that counter profitably right. they often want to pay one mana to do it like they want to be doing spell snare they want to be playing spell pierce uh and sometimes they play logic not but also they want to be playing cryptic command or they want to draw a card off remand like nobody plays mana leak anymore because like well but the problem with mana leak is that the decks that want to play mana leak want you to go to the late game and mana leak is bad in the late game well this is good in the late game i know but you're talking about a wizard's delver deck well but snapcaster mage is just a wizard yeah, I mean, true, true. So you can flash this thing back off a of Snapcaster and just flash I mean, back like, Counterspell. It, uh, and, and, you know, we've talked a ton about how there's these other cards that are, like, half cancels that, like, cancel is bad if it's just cancel. But worst case scenario, it's cancel is not that bad. Right. Like, uh, there are many a cards out there that if sometimes it happens to just be a cancel, but it can be better than that most of the time or half the other times, you would look at that card. I have more faith in the Wizards of Lightning because I think that just decks in modern being able to play eight copies of Lightning Bolt is Snapcaster a, Mage is just going to be good. Is insane. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's fair. I think like you're, the, the whole idea that you have Bolt, Snap, Bolt, like I also think, I also could see so easily playing playing a Snapcaster deck, deck with like lots of burn and then Familiar's Ruses in the deck and you just like just get so much value out of Snapcaster Mage and Lightning Bolts. You just like the whole well, entire deck. This is also really good. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the, I guess my issue between these two and the reason I like Counterspell almost more than this one is that this effect exists as a better card in Lightning Bolt. The Counterspell does not exist right. in Modern as a better card. There are variants of it that are kind of better, but I've played with Deprive. <laughs> I know. People like Deprive. Deprive's and, good. I think, I think this has is better than Deprive seven out of ten times. Sure. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, I think that there's definitely a blue-red Wizards deck, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I think that both of these cards... I think both of them will see play. To be totally honest, I don't think either... Like, it, yeah. The conversation is which one's more likely. I picked the blue one, but if 
one is playable, probably the other one is playable in the same deck. I also think Delver, Snapcaster Mage, Vendillion Click, eight Lightning Bolts, four Counter Spells, and four Remands seems like a deck that is going to be really hard to beat. (laughs) I also think you could play two copies of Naba and Dean of Iteration, which we'll get to in a little bit. And like, can you imagine like later in the game when you've played a couple Lightning Bolts and you just like flash down Snapcaster and just like get double flashback on Bolts in your graveyard? I didn't like her that much, but okay, we'll talk about her too. That's like, oh. Slimefoot, the Stowaway. I talked about this card, yeah. Um, We talked about it a little bit. I think. I think there's a fungus deck. I don't think it's very good, but yeah. I think it's now. It, I think we've gone from it being a tier doesn't exist to a tier three or a tier four deck. Sure, <laughs> sure. And I think this set has Slimefoot. It has that other two drop. There are enough old fungus cards. Like there's one that you can sacrifice Sapperlings to do minus one minus one. There's one that you can sacrifice Sapperlings to make mana. This guy does really well with that sacrifice sacrifice plan. Like he wants. Yeah. And then there's just enough token producers out there to make something go. Um, I don't know what, if the deck is any good, but between him and the two mana lord i think you now have a reason to be in these in this deck yeah that's fair and we've talked about a hundred times and we'll get to the two mana lord there but a two mana lord makes tribal decks more interesting. always always pushes it yeah um goblin war chief we also talked about this a lot when we talked about skirt prospector in four episodes ago so make sure to check that out it's totally good enough but it's a three drop unfortunately and these decks like unless the unless the three drop you're playing has like just insanity built into it like Rejury interacts so favorably with so many things you're doing in the merfolk deck like it's hard to justify three drop well, lords this, this plays like regery in fact i would say this is most comparable to regery where regery untaps a land this just makes everything one cheaper so it untaps they, it taps or untaps a permanent sure i'm not saying regery isn't necessarily better but regery also just gives plus one plus one this gives haste which goblins need more so you not only get things for cheaper you then attack that turn with them yeah goblins aren't expensive uh yeah i get you i Some get of you. Them. i mean siege gang siege gang yeah. red cap yeah um, yeah yeah I mean, playing playing War Marshal for one is like really good. Yes, yeah, so, it's so good, and like being able to attack with both of the tokens that turn, and then you, yeah. the one dies, and you get another, yeah. I, I think I think I think War Chief is better than than that. Yeah, I don't know if it's Goblins is good yet. I don't know if we have all the pieces needed, but I think we're getting close. Not like it's good yet. Uh, <laughs> Just my opinion. This is your boy, yeah, or girl, it's a lady. Oh. Adelez the Cinderwind. I love that blue red. Colorless, legendary creature, human wizard, flying haste. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Yeah, this card's super sweet. This is, I mean, this it's weird because it, it plays into that same blue red wizards that we're talking about, but it is a three drop, so it's a little slow. I'm a little soft on it because it's a three drop. Yeah, but I do think that like this combined with all of the other wizard stuff you can be doing and all of these like wizard spells, like I, this might just be the kind of thing where actually you could play like lots and lots of one drops like this maybe maybe this is the deck that wants you to play sage of epitier and you're just going to see and sequence your draws and stack it and then all of a sudden this guy comes down you play a couple spells and your sage is a 4/4 four four. and sure. like i mean maybe that's i don't know that could be yeah. wrong <laughs> um, not entertained <laughs> this is a quick one this is the flame of keld one yep. red it is a saga uh one, discard your hand. Two, draw two cards. Three, if a red source you control, deal damage to a permanent or player. This turn it deals that damage plus two more uh, instead. Uh, there is always a reason to look at discard your hand. There's also always a reason to look at red draw two. I don't think this card is necessary. I think it needs to do them both at the same time. You would have to be playing like a super duper duper aggressive, like do something with tons of stuff in your graveyard deck. That like, or madness is a thing you're trying to play off with this because this is like madness, a bunch of spells, and if you have reasons to go off with madness, I think maybe it's worth it. But I, I agree that I think this is a little bit wonky. Yeah, I think. I mean, you'd have to be doing something pretty weird. So, 
But I mean, you know, there's now two cards, one black mana and one red in this that discard your whole hand. True. So. Yeah, redundancy is always a thing to pay attention to. Tetsuko Umazawa Fugitive, blue colorless, legendary creature, human rogue, creatures you control with power or toughness, one or less, can't be blocked, one three. This card's uh, really sweet and limited. I, how, if you have this in infect, do you never block again? It's called Tetsuko. Tetsuko Umazawa Fugitive. Right. I, I saw this card played in limited a bunch. Yeah. Um, it was in a, you were playing limited this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes every one one unblockable. And then you pump it. <laughs> and then you kill them because it's infect. Yeah, it does seem good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does seem good in that deck. Like, or other decks that want to get in with 1-1s, but that deck specifically in modern. I, I think maybe as a sideboard card. Yeah. Like, uh, but even as a sideboard card, I think this, like, the scariest card in infect to me has always been the unblockable one and the land for different reasons. Yeah, it doesn't play particularly well with Hierarch, though. Because the attack triggers no, the after. pump. What? Oh, oh, you can't be blocked. Right. So right. after the triggers happen, they can still they can still block. Sure. So that's kind of a pain. Um, yeah. And I mean, and Hierarch's the best card in that deck, so it's. Yeah, I don't think you cut it. I, just because there's a little bit of a nonbo, I don't think it means because you also can just attack with him and the other one. Yeah, and true. You just don't get the plus one plus one trigger, but it's unblockable. True. 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 So you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the most important. Yeah, something to pay attention to. Though. I, uh, I think the card's sweet. I think yeah. that's that's a good one to have on our radar because yeah. definitely that's a real deck. Uh, Spore Crown Thalid. This is the one you were talking about. Two man lord. Uh, one green, one colorless fungus. Each other sapper, uh, each other creature you control that's a fungus or sapling gets plus one plus one. Just straight up simple, no other abilities. Just simple. Uh, it's a two two. It's a two two for two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's the deal. The other ability is that it gives it to both funguses and sapperlings. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to make a lot of sapperlings real quick. Yeah, there really are, and there's also like. There's like a just like a lot of fun. There's like Utopia mic on and like other stuff that's been printed over the years right. where you're like, they could do all kinds of weird right. stuff with this. Well, just Thalid, which is it gets plus one plus one on the front end, and when it dies, it gets plus one plus one on the back end. Yeah, is there like, like some sort of like is there some sort of like Sapperling ramp deck that's gonna get like doubling season into play and just win? <laughs> I don't know why you get. I mean, there's just a, isn't there four draw versions of doubling season for only tokens? Yeah, but but uh, so many of the funguses and Thalids they make they oh, make the funguses counters off on the, counters. The, yeah, yeah. So like, is there some way where like you play all of these together and you just like lay a doubling season and the next turn you just like completely go insane maybe i mean the the thing i was really looking at this is like playing it mostly as an aristocrat deck and like if you happen to get enough spore counters on a fungus to make a thing great yeah, right but, like that's never really going to happen and right it's more like right i'm playing a bunch of sack outlets <laughs> like skirt prospector that like literally there's a skirt prospector for for for, for, for saplings right it just also can make one eventually so um there's just stuff to play here. I think there's it's an interesting like there's now enough pieces. There's a lord and with and then the three mana guy. Yep, your boy Slimefoot. Like Slimefoot, which also takes advantage of having a lot of mana, which we just talked about might be possible. Like I think there's a lot to do to do here. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I, think, sure. I think it's now a deck. I don't think it's a tier one deck. I don't think it's a tier two deck. But I think it went from not being a deck to being a deck. Yeah, and you, I mean stuff. It's not like stuff goes from being. Uh, tier tier five to tier one i mean Sometimes slowly but surely yeah but usually it slowly <laughs> but surely gets like you know injected a little bit more new cards get right. printed people right. try it out and then it, yeah. i think the only deck i can think of that really did tier not not existent to tier one tier two is is uh lantern control yeah right that like actually came out of total obscurity like, wasn't a deck was a deck uh and, and and i would say um 
uh, the other one, Summer Bloom, when it can't can, can No, because people would play that deck. Like, oh, really? it, that was a tier three deck. That was a deck that existed, and then someone just got good enough with it, or a good enough player played it, played it to right. win with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, this is really good with a bunch of Zapperlings, Song of Freylays. Yeah. Uh, until the end of your turn, creatures you control gain Birds of Paradise ability, uh, and then at the end you can pump all your creatures, and they gain Vigilance, Trample, and Indestructible until end of turn. It's a beating. Yeah, and it like gets it gets you the mana to get a bunch of stuff into play, and then takes advantage of it pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's it a little bit of a it's like a little bit win more because if you don't have anything going on, it does nothing. Yeah, um, but something to pay attention to for sure. Definitely as a combo piece because you know eventually if you give enough creatures reasons to tap for mana, you can do crazy things. Yep. Um, your boy, but he needs two mana on tap, right? Which one? Uh. Pilly Pala. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love He's that card. Two mana on tap, though. Yeah, yeah he does. Not, not, almost there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sage of Latinam and Orcish Vandal. These are the uh, artifer and orc, art, human artificer and orc warrior. One red and one blue. Oh, sorry, blue colorless, red colorless. One sacrifices an artifact to do two damage. The other one sacrifices an artifact to draw a card. Are they both reprints or just the Sage? I think just the Sage. Yeah, because Sage definitely is. Well, Orcish Vandal might be a reprint as well. Yeah, uh, I just think you know. Anytime you have an effect like this, is it's interesting. The, being able to sacrifice an artifact to do damage is something that is possible to take advantage and it's to any target. Yeah, and eh, you do have to tap it though. The like decks that want to be able to sacrifice artifacts to draw cards to like put eggs into the graveyard to draw more cards to then untap this guy in some way. You know, there's there's right. different ways to kind of like this guy with uh, Paradox Engine is like. Nuts. Nuts. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's definitely things to talk about doing. In there. my Joyra deck in Brawl, that's what I was doing. It was Nuts. like yeah. all of these things. With these two guys, right? Yeah. These, yeah. Um, Natural Spiral, nothing to talk. This is a reprint. What's cool about it that I didn't know about it until recently? Uh, that art is a top down view of Strip Mine. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so that's cool. Just, that's the kind of stuff in the set that I love a lot is that you randomly will see just in art, just like random stuff that you're like, oh. Cool, yeah. Um, Merfolk Trickster. Blue, blue, 2-2. Two, two. Merfolk Wizard. Flash. When this enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls loses all abilities until end of turn. This is a real card. This is a totally real card. This is a four of... There was a 5-0 deck on a daily from like a couple days ago that played this, and like I think this is going to probably replace Harbinger of the Tides for the most part. Okay. I think... Um, yeah, I can see that. I think you could play a split, and, and you could certainly have two and two if you wanted what to... What cards are you really trying to lose the abilities on, though? Uh, I mean, there's only a couple you can think of. It actually has less to do with that. It has more to do with the fact that Harbinger only interacts with tapped creatures, and this doesn't. Oh. So the end of turn, if you need to like push through your last couple points, you have the ability to just... Uh, throw this guy down and, and tap their blocker. I mean, that's where it's the most important. Mm -hmm. It has it has way more to do with that than it has to do with uh, the ability thing. I mean, I think the ability thing matters some. Like, you can probably, like, stifle a combo for a turn or... So you, you think just flash 2-2 two, two for 2 is that important versus, like, I think bouncing a tap thing is going to be more relevant more often. I can see doing a 2-3 split or a 2-2 two, two split or a 2-1 split because, like, I do think this is relevant sometimes, but, like... Well, remember also, though, that Harbinger without Aether Vial costs 4 to flash in oh to flash in it costs four you're yeah, right you can okay. play it as an instant for four or i can see that okay so this card relevant. is just consistent you know i mean they're both good with vile obviously but i think this card is real i think okay. this is a this is going to be a thing that people actually do and also like i mean there's other stuff like um you know tapping down an infect creature or this is a question i have for twitter uh if if our followers can tweet at us different relevant things in modern that you want to turn their abilities off for a turn i would love to see kind of what people think are are, are relevant here because i don't know 
Yeah, I mean, shutting off lifelink here and there is probably important. Shutting off, like... But, I mean, again, if you can tap it, it's like the abilities almost don't matter for the most part. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think I think it's real. I yep. think this is I think this is going to be a real thing. Okay. Um, like, because I don't think this makes Tarmogorf into a zero one. No, no, it doesn't. It, yeah, it, okay. Uh, Gaia's blessing, green and a colorless. Was this in modern? Yeah, it's a reprint. It was it was time shifted. Oh, it was time shifted. Okay, moving on. <laughs> this is a big one. This is probably the biggest one in the set. Dampening sphere. Damping sphere, yeah. This is uh, th- th- damping sphere. I'm gonna say that wrong so many times over the next six <laughs> years of this card being legal. <laughs> it's already it's already been played as a sideboard staple in a ton of big decks. Yeah. It's a it's a totally it real card. It shuts down Storm and it shuts down Tron. Yep. Great. Yeah. It's easy and it's colorless. So and it it's colorless. Yeah, yeah. This this fits straight into people's sideboards right next to Stony Silence, right next to yeah. Rest in Peace. It's a two drop. It gets played everywhere. Right. This is gonna be one of the staple modern cards. Sideboard for, cards forever. Yeah. It, it, it it's. A lot of decks have problems with both of those two decks, and it makes it so you don't have to play two different sideboard options. You can play this one, even though you might be able to, for, for one against one of those decks, play a better one, specifically Tron. I think there might be a little bit better options. This is still just like just as fine as anything else. Totally. Especially because Tron sideboard cards are always a little wonky. Um, board the Weatherlight, white, colorless. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a historic card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, the main thing that's interesting to me about this is it's a white cantrip yep so for mono white decks that need to find pieces this is something to look at definitely it has to be historic so that's a very specific need um next show we have is and this is the last common or uncommon and then we get into rares and mythics uh dauntless bodyguard one white oh, this card's two, sweet one. this card's totally yeah, sweet. yeah yeah one white two one uh don't Dauntless Bodyguard enters the battlefield. You choose another creature you control. Sacrifice Dauntless Bodyguard. The chosen creature gains indestructible until end of turn. Yeah. Um, the the most skill testing part of this card is going to be how many people realize that they should be casting this on turn one just to attack for a two one against in some matchups. Yeah, I mean that's it's a it's a Savannah Lions with upside. That's the point, right? You know, and, and this upside is pretty relevant. Like like late game, you get this and you can make any one of your threats just impossible to kill. Yep. Or excluding Path to Exile and early game it's a two one for one we keep talking about this i mean and people have now asked about it but the all the all one mana two one deck and like there's so many good ones now mm-hmm. it's outrageous the number of good two mana uh one mana two ones there are that like i i swear to god you can build like the 30 the like 30 no you can build 40 of them you could probably just play like 36 <laughs> one mana two ones four path to exiles and 20 lands and just like do the thing oh, no, i play four aether vials and 16 lands you, okay. Aether Vial just needs to get the one, and you need one planes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Four Aether Vial, sixteen lands, and then go even further and play four, uh, two uh, Immortal Servitudes, and go down to fourteen lands. Well, you play also four of the land, uh, the legendary land that gets you planes with it. Yes. Legendaries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to like <laughs> get there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to have some velocity to get through your deck faster. Like you'd have to be able to draw more cards and get more of these guys into play. Sure. Uh, but that's where I think like Immortal yeah. Servitude. Maybe this is also just like anytime you have a one mana creature, just uh, that is relevant at protecting combo pieces or something else. You you know look at um, I just had it. Oh, the three two that finds two one ones or one drops. Yeah, Ranger. Ranger of Egos. Yeah. yeah. So so definitely super relevant there as well. All right. Uh, last, I guess there's technically one uncommon. There's the Memorial of War, which is the red, enters the battlefield tapped, but you can destroy a land. It's just another wasteland variant. It's not good compared to the other ones. <laughs> uh, all right, on to rares. But before we do that, we have shout-outs. Couple quick... Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. A couple other quick shout-outs. We're going to be talking uh, really quickly about the Facebook fan page, guys. Uh, the Facebook group. It's not a fan page. Uh, you guys created it. It's awesome. Yeah, we uh, created it. Okay. 
I that's have one for Action Movie page. Anatomy that's called the Action Movie Anatomy fan page, so yeah. I get mixed up. Yep. Um, we we interact in that group a lot. There's it's like 4,000 people. So there's a group and a page. The group is the more important thing to like. If you get to the page accidentally, there's a link to the group on the page. So yes. they're linked, so either way, you'll find one or the other. Um, it's a great place to have communications about modern. Post cool brews there. Sometimes people are a little bit... Uh, critique they critique your stuff so you know get ready to if you're going to post something a little wacky they get people to kind of be a little bit more you know why is this good but you know it's definitely a good place to get feedback and to talk to other masters modern fans 100 percent. and then the last thing i wanted to shout out guys is that uh, alex started a company called kesco um, i work for the company also and uh, we make we make games and we make toys and we're in a bunch of cool stores right now so check it out we have super party battle our first game that's actually out there right now you can buy it on thinkgeek.com yep. it's a super great game it's like king's cup meets magic um yeah every person who's bought it and has played it who plays magic has loved it yeah. so you should do that too also uh if you want there is a ice hoop contest so we make a thing called the ice hoop and it is a hula hoop that is out there in the world at target and kmarts and if you uh post a video of you doing something really cool with the hoop you could win a contest to get flown to los angeles and then we'll go with you to universal studios los angeles hollywood and uh we'll also draft a box of unstable with you that's only for magic players that do the enter the hoop <laughs> contest and, and if they win uh but yeah you should check that out you should have to post ice hoop challenge uh hashtag it on either facebook or instagram sick all right so rares and since this is in descending order i got your boy uh the red guy that you likes best friend torgar famine incarnate black black six legendary creature avatar it's a seven six you can sacrifice a creature as you cast it to make it cost two less so this could be a two mana seven six and when it enters the battlefield target life total becomes half yeah I think this card's great. I think on turn three, you get a 7-6 for two and dome your opponent for four or five. And, yeah. And you should be playing this card as a four of in the Shadowborn Apostle deck with <laughs> with other with some sweet demons. And you just go Shadowborn on turn one, Those two Shadowborn on turn two. It's an avatar. Yeah, I know. You okay. don't have to search for this. Sure. Two Shadowborn on turn two. Turn three, attack with all of your Shadowborn Apostles, then sacrifice the three of them to play a two-mana 7-6. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a few s- different ways to get three creatures into play by turn three. Yep. And the the other card I think this goes really well with, because it once again we talked about redundancy, this adds redundancy to a deck, is decks that play um, the red guy that time spirals into play. And suspend, one red. You love him. He is your favorite. One greater Gargadon. Yeah, greater Gargadon in this. He time spirals into play? What, <laughs> what does that even mean? He's from the set time spiral? He's from the set time spiral and uses the time mechanic of time countery things. I, to love, get those, I love those things. <laughs> uh, so both of these let, are like pretty good sack outlets that yep. both get you in the long run a beefy guy into play. So yep. it's definitely something to look at to look into. Next, we have Zahid, Jin of the Lamp. Four blue blue. Legendary creature, Jin. It's a five six with flying, but you may tap an artifact and pay blue three instead of the six mana to get into play. So it's a five six flyer for four uh, and tapping an artifact. That's fine. I mean, if I, I don't think if, if... Okay, in modern, if you could play a five six flyer for four with no abilities and no flash... Uh, people would probably play it, but it wouldn't break the format. Yeah, it would just I agree. Be good. I mean, it would be overpowered. It'd be fine. Yeah, but it wouldn't like break the format. I don't even know if it'd be overpowered. I think it would just be fine. I think a five-six flyer for four is really good. Yeah, I do. I agree. I mean, that's you know, f- but not insane. Yep. Fall of the Thran, five white, destroy all lands. It's a it's a saga, so that's the first thing, and yep. then two and three are each player puts two lands from their graveyard onto the battlefield. It's just kind of tangle wiry, right? That's what you told me when I was asking you if I should play it. Yeah, it's tangle wiry. Uh, you have rest in peace and play too. You can like, just like actually wreck a person 
Yes, that I is think, like it has Armageddon attached to it, and I think any time a card has Armageddon attached, it to costs it, six though, right? Costs six. Yeah, I mean, it's... is there a six man Armageddon though in modern? No, there but there's like I mean, there's not, but there's really good things you can be doing at six that like that aren't Armageddon. I don't know. If there's not Armageddon in modern. That's a thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll well, as we go through this, you should on your phone look and see if there's an Armageddon in modern. Okay. Uh, next is Yagamoth's vile offering. Four and a black. Legendary sorcery. You have to have a planeswalker or a legendary creature in play to cast it. Cough, Liliana the Veil. Cough. Uh, put the top one target creature or planeswalker. There is. Card it's called. Card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Destroy up to one target creature or planeswalker. Exile Yagamoth's vile offering. Um, on the subject of what we were just talking about, it's called Boom Bust. You and I have played the card extensively. And, I mean, that's just obviously the best Armageddon, so <laughs> I don't know what else to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I guess in white, there's like a different Armageddon plan, but you're fair. Now, back to Yagamoth's Vile Offering. First off, this is my favorite card in the set from a storytelling perspective. Partly, yeah. this is the first time we've ever seen Yagamoth, the main bad guy of magic, for like 10 years. Yeah. Ever depicted on a card, actually. Yeah. Like, we've seen pieces of him, or like, technically the cloud and death cloud is supposed to be his spirit or whatever. But really? This, yeah. This is actually him. Huh. He's a giant city wall arena thing with a face. And this is Gerard with the severed head of Urza offering it to Yagamoth so he would bring Hana back to life. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I'm into it. How uh, many cards in the set feature Gerard? A few. Not that many. Because they're supposed to, it's supposed to be story of his how we got like here. He, we have he has we have his descendants, right? We have descendants of his, and we have him here, and we have the tale of Gerard or the victory of Gerard, and I think one of the memorials has him in it. Okay, um, but this card itself is kind of just a better version, I think, than than uh, uh, Cruel Ultimatum, and I know many people who like casting a Cruel Ultimatum in Modern for some reason. So yeah. uh, you have to have a Planeswalker in play. Uh, I wonder if there's a really powerful black planeswalker that's good to put into play in modern. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Oath of Teferi, three blue white, legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you may flicker a thing. Exiles comes back at the end of the next end step, and then you may activate loyalty abilities on planeswalkers twice. A that's turn. good. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can play, you just have any Jace or whatever you want in play. You get to. Use it three times in a turn? Is that correct, the turn you play this? Because you, you play a thing on turn four. You then on turn five activate it. Yep. Then you cast this flickering it. Oh, it comes back at the next end step. No, you don't get to do it three times. Yep. Okay. Uh, but then you can flicker something else and or reset a Planeswalker, and then you get to activate it twice. There's a bunch of Planeswalkers I want to activate twice. We were just talking about how good just adding two counters to something is, and this is... That's interesting, the, way they're, the way they're pushing that. You wonder if we're going to start to see some Turbo Walkers decks start to show up. I think eventually something... And like what's good about this is you want to play this later. Yes, it's a five drop, yep. but it happens towards the end of the game and it has an ETB effect that if you can gain value off of is really good. I'm also like the least bit surprised that that card impressed you. That's like so your card. <laughs> it's a blue-white flicker effect with a planeswalker <laughs> on it named Fairy. I mean, you uh, just like already are in love with Venser, so like this is just kind of like more Vencers. It's almost better than Venser. Yeah. Traxo Scourge of the Krug. I don't there's no the of Krug. Four trample Enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't untap. Whenever you cast a Hickstore spell, untap. It's a 7-7 trample for four. Yeah, it's good. Actually, I see people I, talk about playing in different places. You hit someone with this once and you've done a lot of work. I, I've seen people talk about playing this in Affinity. I mean, I don't think you'd play it in Affinity because it's a four drop, but I also could see it. I mean, it's yeah. you're going to untap it 100% of the time. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there might be a more clever, there might be a more it's clever like place to play. decks that are just trying to get off 
like do some damage and need some win conditions. I think this works. Yeah. yeah, I think there's. I mean, again, like you know, this, the, the, looking for that sweet spot for the architect decks. This is a four drop, not a five drop. You always want it to be a five drop. You can cast for four with like the one of the accelerants on turn two. Well, but I think I think this because on turn two, the turn you play him, you can play this for four. You get this in the play. Yeah, just like so, like four drops that are powerful or something that architect decks have always been hurting for. Yeah, like, and a seven, five seven. drops are always the problem. Is like, oh, it's either a six drop is really good and four drops really good. Five drops are a little wonky because you have like a floating. Mana Remember though, you're trying to play Ethereum Sculptor as your two drop. So Sculptor on turn two and Architect on turn three, and you want to cast a five drop then on turn no, three, four. I know that, but oh, I'm saying, Ethereum sculptor. Yeah, yeah that's sure. the most powerful thing that the sure. curve does. So, but yeah, four drops are good. But the problem is that five drops then they're either bad always, unless you have the combo off. Or this is a playable like tapping four mana to play. This is fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next, this is one a lot of people are talking about. Teshare's ancestors are possible. Three and a white legendary creature, bird cleric, flying. Whenever you cast a six source spell, return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, this card. There good. has to be a combo here in some way, right? Has like, to be. This in eggs just goes a little bit off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, this could be this could be the thing that makes eggs come back. <sighs> Who wants that? Who no really? One, wants but that? the historic <laughs> is like <laughs> built for that effect. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want eggs to come back. Shalaya, Voice of Plenty, White Three, Flying Planeswalkers you control and other creatures you control have hexproof. That card's super sweet. So three, four, flying. Uh, Put plus one, plus one counters on each creature you control for six mana, four, and green, green. Uh, this card is just, like, this is an effect decks are going to want at some point, and it's a four mana, three, four flyer, which is good enough. And then the fact that it can also late time punt, late game pump your team is something that's super relevant. Yeah. I'm looking at Tashar. I know there's a, I know there's a combo there. There has to be. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the one to come up with it. Yeah, but it exists. Some You're the sort one of to come up with it. Some so sort of on, creature that when it enters the battlefield returns an artifact to your hand, and you have a sack outlet. So then you sack the creature and get the it's artifact back to your hand. Trawler in play, and then really you play the artifact again, and getting the creature back into play, returning the artifact to your hand. You go infinite on some loop, and you have some trigger. I don't know. That's maybe yeah. I'm being. I mean, this in a, in in a, uh, a KCI deck is just like, yeah works with what that deck is doing already. Right. Right. <laughs> um. Josu Vess Lich Kit Knight. Two black black legendary creature zombie knight. You can kicker it for six. It's a four five for menace. If you kick it, you put in eight two two black zombie knights. This card's insane. Especially it's in so limited, dope. is this card insane? Like you get twenty power for ten mana when mm-hmm. you play this card. Mm-hmm. I had this in my limited deck. I never got to make twenty power. Uh but a four five like the point is that a four five menace for four is fine. Yeah, that's totally. Like, that's like Kalidus. It's better than Kalidus. It's got it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's completely it's very brawly. And then if you can get to the higher mana cost, which Jun decks can do, this is a card that does something. Is this better than Bloodbraid Elf? Probably not. But also the format's kind of gone to a point where Bloodbraid Elf isn't that great because that that gets adjusted to it. So I think now is the time. If I was to enter a modern tournament with Jund, I would like vary my four drop spot because people are ready for Bloodbraid Elf, which means they're not right. ready for the Kalidases of the world or the Pia and Kirin or, you know, there's different things you can bring into play instead. Right. That they're not prepared to handle because they're like, oh, I'm ready to get that Bloodbraid Elf player. And then you're like, uh, Josu Veslish Knight, can you handle a 4-5? <laughs> <laughs> that you can't block <laughs> unless you have two creatures. All right, so it's Glint Hawk as the creature. Uh, one, one, yeah. One yeah. mana for a 2-2 two, two that when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice of extra artifacts. The artifact that you cast to get this thing back from the graveyard is the one that goes back to your hand, and then it goes back to your hand, and you have to just have some way to sacrifice the Glint Hawk and replay it, and then you go infinite on a loop. Well, you don't get Glint Hawk back. It's not an artifact creature. Is Shalai only returns an artifact creature? I think it's you uh, creature a card with convert. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, so that's yeah, the, so that's right. so you have some cheap artifact 
and you just keep doing mm-hmm. it. You you have to yeah. That's cool. a zero man artifact. Yeah, what it has Memnite. To be. Just go off with Memnite. Yeah, I mean this is probably kind of a dumb idea, but <laughs> all right. Jota Archmage Internal, blue, white, red, colorless, legendary creature, human wizard, flying. You may pay all five colors to put any card from your hand into play. It's a four three. I mean this just casts Emrakul for five. <laughs> if, if you want to see the most busted thing ever with, with this card, uh, go watch the episode of Game Nights. Jimmy plays this. He plays this as his commander, and one of his early turns in the game is amazing. And it's, yeah. you should just need to watch it. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, this guy, yeah, and a four, a four, three flying for four. It would be better if it was a three, four because lightning bolt kills this thing. But it's still something to talk towards. Also, it now means there's two copies of Fist of the Suns. Totally. So like, there's two different ways to play any an Emrakul. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's it's an interesting card. I'd keep looking at it. Uh, speaking of four drops to replace Breadblade Elf, uh, Bread Blood Braid Elf, that would be good with Josu maybe. Uh, Grand Warlord of uh, Rada, two red green haste three four which is pretty good on Solid. its own. Yeah. And then it makes a mana, a red or a green for every creature that attacks that turn. So yeah. if you play this and then you attack with it, a goif and a bob, you have three mana now on your next turn. You can play another effect. Like it, 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 it is a very efficient mana producer. It kind of does what Bloodbraid Elf does a little bit. It creates advantage in a way. It's a hasty three, four versus a three, two, which is a big deal. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Fair. Tempest Gin, three, three, three. Or blue, 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 flying, plus one, plus zero for each basic island you control, zero, four. Yeah, I mean, so if you if you build your deck around it, this is a three, four flyer for three. This is a little bit, like a little bit more than a five, six flyer for four. A three, four flyer for <laughs> three makes more sense, especially I, considering this could be as big as like a five, a five, four, right. or like a six, four for three pretty Probably quickly. Gets, yeah, it gets bigger. The other thing for me that's interesting is like turn one, blue, one drop. Turn two, blue, blue, two drop. Turn three, this. Turn four, Master, Master of Waves. Waves. Sounds like... Like, I, I think a mono-blue devotion deck that isn't Merfolk is yeah. totally a thing that could exist in Modern, and yeah. this is a pretty solid piece for that deck. Yeah, I mean, that just just this being... Just this attacking on turn four as a 4-4... Four, four Flyer for three, yeah. ...is really good. Is really good. Yeah. You can end the game pretty fast if they can't answer that. Uh, Sylvan Awakening, two green... Until your next turn, all lands you control are two two elementals with indestructible and haste. They are still lands. Um, this, this is three man. Well, first off, this goes infinite with a few cards. None that I don't. I don't know if they're in modern. Uh, there's the you pay five mana and you get an extra attack step and untap all oh, creatures sure. you control. Right. Uh, so any of that kind of a, if you can find an effect like that in modern, and there might be a, like a dragon that does that that you can get infinite attack steps with this. I think there is a dragon that does that. Um, hmm. So that's a thing to be aware of. Uh, the other thing is just. Why can how can you get infinite attack steps? I don't get it. Because they because it, it untaps all creatures. So if you have anything that you can pay mana in to gain a new attack step that untaps all creatures, which those cards exist. Oh, like a repeat, like all a, these lands, a repeatable, effect. a repeatable effect. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Not mass mutiny or whatever. That that's not it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that a this is a combo piece in some decks. Also, it's just like kind of a beating if you like as an alternate win condition out of something like uh, uh, escape shift. Like just having the ability to get them. Because you just pay this for three and then you attack for ten. Yeah, <laughs> I mean these effects are always. I feel like these effects are always a trap. I always feel like they, there's like more there than one of the reasons I think this is less of a trap is the indestructible. Yeah, one of the reasons the trap is like you do it and they're like I bolt your like I now get wastelands out of my removal spells. Yeah, which is bad. This helps against that. Totally, totally. Uh, Steel Leaf Champion, green, 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 5-4. Steel Leaf Champion can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Uh, this is going to go in every mono green stompy deck. This is just Leatherback Bayloth, except but better. Better. 
Yeah. yeah. Just strictly better. I mean, yeah, yeah it is strictly better. Is, they're uh, both five. Baylos is a four five. Yeah. So it's not strictly better because it doesn't have the same stats. Well, it, it like it does more damage, but it dies to more things. The but fact barely. that you have eight of these now is so sweet. Yeah. That mono green deck is getting nuts. Yeah. And talk and again, talking about devotion, like the, the mono green's best devotion card is a pump spell, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the aspect of Hydra. Yeah. 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 Um, still sweet. Into it. I, I, this will just see play. Yeah, like, I, that deck might not be any better than it is, but it'll see play. I also think Galtra. I think Galtra starts to become a real card if you have if you have these and Leatherback Bailoffs. You have this much power that you can be playing on for three. Like what's Galtra? That's the twelve twelve trample that gets cheaper for the power you control. Uh, oh yeah, I think I just think like that deck is going to pretty consistently be able to play a Galtra twelve twelve on turn four. Sure. Like, that seems yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Squee the Immortal, red, red, colorless. Uh, you may cast Squee the Immortal from Graveyard or Exile. This is just a card that people should always look out for. Eventually, cards will be printed that break this card. Yep. Being able to cast a thing. Like, first off, Vengevine is great with this card. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and anytime there's an effect that lets me cast a decent creature out of my graveyard, I'm very interested for free. Like, this doesn't... It's not like Gravecrawler where I needed to have a zombie into play. So, like, definitely a card to just always keep an eye out on. Right. I think this is just a good card. For sure. Um, Marwin the Nurturer. This is everyone's favorite card for modern. Two green, one one. Whenever another elf enters the battlefield, um, under your control, you may put a plus one plus one counter on marwin the nurturer and add that amount of green to your mana pool interesting so people just think that or it's it, equal to its power so so people just think this is a combo it's a combo piece for elves it just goes in elves it's another archdruid and it combos well with the lords and elves because it's power not how many counters are on it i misread that interesting um so at bare minimum it's tapping for one green and normally it'll tap for more than that interesting i hadn't even really considered it's it's m-a-r-w-y-n m-a-r-w-y-n the nurturer hmm. just got a baby Oh, yeah, this card. People love this card. I've yeah. seen people talk. It's a sweet art, actually. Yeah. Uh, next, Goblin Chain Whirler. Red, red, red. Goblin Warrior. First strike when Goblin Chain Whirler enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature that Planeswalker that they control. Uh, all of these three mana, whatever, guys, the three devotion guys are something to talk about partly because of devotion. Uh, I don't think I have the black or the white one in here. Oh, no, I do. I, they're, they're next. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a 3-3 three, three for three first strike that does... You know, just Rex Elves. I think if Goblins is a deck, this is a sideboard card, and uh, there's like fun, dumb things you can do by giving it Death Touch, right? Uh, with the so I don't know, it's interesting for sure. Uh, Dread Shade, black, black, black. You're just just rounding out the cycle. Yeah, the cycle. Uh, this is just as fine as what you know. Same reason. Just Gray Merchant is the best devotion card ever printed. I like I like way. this card, but I do think that the old like the old. Um, I think Garros Messenger is just better. I think this is the one that there's just better versions of them in already. Our, yeah, yeah, and you also can be playing because um, this is a three three for three, right? Mm-hmm. And Nantuko Shade is a two two for or two one. It's a two one for two. Mm-hmm. This is better, I think. Yeah. Uh, Benalish Marshall. Benelish, Marshall, I'm never going to say that correctly. White, 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 3-3, three, three, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. This is going to see play in standard. I don't know if it'll see play in modern. No, I don't think so. Uh, Nabon, Dean of Iteration, blue and a colorless. If a wizard enters the battlefield under your control, it triggers ability of permanent you control. The trigger to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. We've talked about this now a couple times. I mean, with this card, obviously, with Snapcaster Mage is great. Venser, yep. uh, Vendillion Click. There's a bunch of really good wizards that interact well with this card. I think that the blue-red deck that's playing Wizards Lightning, like... Playing a Snapcaster Mage late in the game with this on the battlefield just means like, okay, I'll give the Wizards Lightning and the Lightning Bolt Float flashback, and I'll six you, and game over. Yeah, I, I think this card's legit. I think this like this is part of that deck. So many of the the Wizards that are currently seeing play in Modern all have ETB effects that are really good. Yeah, being Snapcaster Mage, Vendillion Click, and then the cards that kind of see play in Modern like Venser or um, uh, Sower. 
Sower Temptation? Yeah, Sower Temptation are really good with this. Even some of the fairy cards, like there's just like different ways that this is abusable. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Multani Yavamaya's Avatar, four green green, legendary creature, elemental avatar, reach trample, it gets plus one, plus one for each land card in your graveyard uh, and land card you control, so it gets really big. Uh, And then green in a colorless, return two lands you control to their owner's hands and return it from your graveyard to your hand. The reason this card is relevant to me, beyond the fact that eventually it kind of plays a little bit of a a Golgari Grave Troll endgame thing where eventually you get it in the play it's an engine piece to um seismic assault decks for sure so, yeah like the fact that you can have this in your graveyard you can even activate it twice in response to itself so you can return four lands to your hand to dome someone for eight right um that deck is just you know there's a bunch of pieces for it and eventually it might get there and this is a definitely a piece that helps accomplish that um and it has the grave guard grave troll effect where like it's a part of an engine, but then in late game, or if you need to, or you just have six mana in play, you can, or eight lands in play, you can return this to hand and play it, and now you have a like twelve twelve trampler. Reach. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, just like a beefy dude. Uh, Maldrotha the Grave Tide, three <sighs> black, blue, green, legendary creature, elemental avatar. During each of your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. It is a six six. This card is nuts. <laughs> People have talked about this could be the thing that makes Saltai a thing. Yeah, I mean, this card's crazy. It's a 6-6 six, six for 6 that, like, Which there are so <laughs> many... What? It, the fact that it's a 6-drop is what hurts it the most. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I just mean that, but like, okay, so you resolve this, like, just like you resolve a Worm Coil Engine, and it's like, you have a big body. Well, it's not coil like... Worm Coil Engine is a 3-drop. Sure, but <laughs> but also, like, I'm not saying... So I'm saying, like, you, they could have just as easily made this card a, a 2-3 for 6. Sure. And it would still be powerful because sure. the effect would still exist. Right. But it's a big body. Right. So you cast it and like you have something you can beat down with. But on top yeah. of that, it has insane plus, loop potential built into it. Plus, I mean, you know, if you're playing green, the 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 interest to play some type of ramp spells is is there and this card benefits you for it and yeah. is a thing to get to and then it goes on to a control game plan that's pretty good. I agree. I think it's powerful. And I mean like any kind of value oriented sack outlet type of thing is crazy like can you imagine if you have a sack outlet hatching plans and this card <laughs> you just play hatching plans sack it draw three cards mm-hmm. play it again sack it draw three like yeah no it, it's definitely a combo engine too so like i yeah. think it's powerful uh tafiri hero of dominaria three white blue uh legendary planeswalker tafiri Plus one, draw a card at the beginning of your next end step, untap two lands. A key thing is you have to untap lands, so make sure to tap your lands in response and not untap your opponent's lands. More of a moto issue. Uh, minus three, put target non-land permanent into its owner's library, third from the top. And minus eight, you get an emblem whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. This might be my new favorite Planeswalker of all time. It's really powerful. Uh, it's like, it's different than Venser. Its abilities are, like, it feels more like Jace than Venser does, where Venser is much more of like a blinky commander. Yeah. Its ultimate is pretty much the same it's less explosive than Venser, but it's probably more consistent and better than Venser. yeah uh and it's just really good i played it at my pre-release it like it feels like the fact that you can play it and your choices are either to not let it die by untapping lands and drawing a card and getting removal to kill a thing or just putting a thing in play a third from the top of their opponent's graveyard is like very powerful yeah you draw a card it's at five i mean protects itself yeah i mean it's it's really good it, it doesn't even honestly yeah you could like you could like set up a deck that's going to ultimate this guy quickly and just like game mm-hmm. over game over mm-hmm. and, and i've been you know testing it in standard because as i mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast you know one of my favorite decks is the ramp a lot play fog effects the deck and he plays very well into that deck i mean maybe this is just like 
another reason to try to build that doubling season Jay's architect of thought deck. Maybe. Be- playing this guy and ultimating him the same turn is just like, uh, okay, so <laughs> if I untap, you lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess Jace just wins, but this card's better than Jace on its own. Jaya Ballard, two red, red, red. I don't know if that's true, but... Uh, Be- better, than architect, mana- better, better than Architect of Thought on its own. I don't know if that's true. Really? Uh, four drop versus five drop. Uh, Jaya Ballard is two red, red, red. Jaya, uh, Planeswalker, add three red mana to your mana pool. You can only ma- spend in- on instants and sorceries. Discard up to three cards, then draw that many cards. You get an emblem with you. May cast instants or sorcery cards from your graveyard as if they had flashback. Uh, comes in on five. I don't think this is a thing. No, I don't think so. I don't think this card's cool. very good. Let's move on. Naru Maya Master Wizard, two blue, blue. Human Wizard, legendary creature. It has flash. When it enters the battlefield, you may copy target instant or sorcery spell. Other wizards you control get plus one, plus one. You are higher on this card than I am. I so. think this card's sweet. I mean, it costs four. It's a problem. That's 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 the definite issue. But, but it's uh, flash. I mean, and, there and, are and it's a and it's a four drops is the thing to do. And it's wizard tribal. I mean, like it has it has real potential. Like mm-hmm. the fact that if you're playing some sort of tempo-y wizards deck, like they're holding this card back is fine. You definitely can mm-hmm. one for one. I mean. It's it's cool getting in with a four three Delver of Secrets well, last second. It does. It's not a oh, it's not a wizard on the other side. It's an insect. That's why. Uh, the, that's why the whole Delver Wizard thing is like a little dubious. Well, ish. Okay. Um, Karn of Scion. Karn Scion of Urza. Four mana. Five loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker. Karn. Reveal the top two cards of your library. Uh, an opponent chooses one of them, put that card into your hand, and exile the other one with a silver counter on it for a plus one. Minus one, you may put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. And minus two, create a zero, zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Do you think this card's good? Yes. Really? Yeah. I've seen people talk about this as maybe the most exciting card in the set. Yeah. And I played with this card, and I was not that impressed. Okay. I thought it was good, but I thought it was a little like... I thought it was a little bit like, all right, so I can make a creature. You played with it in your sealed pool? No, I, think I played with it in, in uh, Brawl. Oh, in Brawl. Okay. I had a deck built around like making yeah, this card artifact. good. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you feel it's like you make a creature. But I and think that deck is less on board with what this is trying to do because your, your deck was very combo-oriented. Yeah. And this is like control or aggro because in Affinity, this is... I think this sees play before Thraxos or whatever in Affinity because yeah. you get this into play and then you make a 5-5 five, five token. Yeah. You make a skull, not skull clamp, I keep saying skull clamp, a, a cranial plating token. Yeah. Just like as a for four. And then from that point on, you get to draw cards, which is really good and yeah. needed in Affinity in general. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I think in a control deck, it's just a very good card selection engine. I guess my deck was, Joyra was my card engine, so I wasn't trying to draw cards with this. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I think it just, it, that depends on what the deck is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jora, Jora Weatherlight Captain, two blue-red, legendary art, human artificer, three-three, whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. There has to be a combo that goes with that, right? I mean, you built a combo in Brawl and you had to do it in Singleton. Yeah, this card's good. It. I mean, this is the same thing as there, there's the uh, the old 2-2 two, two for 4 in Mirrodin that you draw a card every time you cast an artifact. And yeah. that's, people have tried to build around that card before. This is just that, but better. Right. I mean, it's a 3-3 three, three, and it also is triggers off more than just artifacts. Though, right. I think for the context of modern, sagas and legendaries are irrelevant. I think it's pretty much... Yeah, I think artifacts... Oh, it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, we didn't talk about it, but like any of the legendary sorceries, I think legendary creatures and planeswalkers matter there. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of these we've talked about, planeswalker matters. But for things that are like, you get a trigger if you cast a historic spell, the artifact ones are the way to go off with it versus yeah. just like extra value. Agreed. Um, History of Benalia. White, white, colorless. Create a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance. Do it again. 
on two and on three knights you control get plus two plus one until end of turn this is supposed to be the standard yep. card from this set like every this is the the big player in standard uh i think it's fine i think there are three mana planeswalkers that do less than this or four mana planeswalkers that do less than this that see play i like, like this card yeah, yeah. i this, think this it's, is, it's, this, it's this hard card. to deal with it comes into play automatically gets you a two two knight that protects you and then just keeps going off this card jumped out at me for sure yep. I was, I was the impressed. art is also spicy yeah uh Last card. All right. Only one more. It costs zero. It's yeah. a legendary artifact. And we've talked about it a lot it's already. It's Mox Amber. Yeah. You can tap it to add a mana of any color among legendary creatures and planeswalkers you control. This uh, I mean, this card's totally interesting to think about. It doesn't really have a home yet. It's pretty it hard to tier break. tier two to three. I think like there's a lot of cards in here that create tier three decks. Yeah. I think this does that, but I don't think it... I don't see it doing anything better than that yet it will get broken eventually right if it's around long enough and people play with it for long enough it'll it, yeah. just like be a thing somebody will find a way eventually but like there's no obvious interaction right now that makes it really good and the like the, the point of a mox is the earlier you get in play the better otherwise it's just a land late game right and so like the only thing i can think of it being relevant in is zoo decks and there are these white red green you know naya there's enough white red and green one drop legendary creatures yeah to consistently have this be just a land yeah i mean um, basically what you're talking about is the value of playing this card is you you could you could uh, get four four power on turn one right that's pretty much what it looks right. like what it comes down to um, or 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 more than that on turn two like uh, there's stuff it does so it, it's definitely a card that will make decks like that playable yeah are they good enough I don't know yeah um, or consistent enough and that's it that's our review of every card that's and gonna that's do it that's gonna, wrap, that's gonna wrap it that's gonna because there's a bunch of cards we didn't talk about but those aren't good in modern it was a long episode today we went for ninety minutes because yeah, we kind of re- we like because we weren't on last week normally the the episode we do before this episode is like talk about the mechanics of the set and how we feel about the set right. so far. And then we do our like card by card review. But uh, I lost some contests that didn't yeah. happen. And you should so be I wasn't emba- able. You should be very embarrassed. I'm very embarrassed for my loss. Yep. So that's now it, we're what? 12 1? Yeah. <laughs> I'm winning. I won 12. You've lost one. I think if you run the tape back, you'll see that I'm, I'm up. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think you actually did win one week. I yeah. think you won one top 10 contest. You can't, you don't, don't try to get all like, uh, <laughs> competitive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been a great episode. I believe most of our shout outs we did. Uh, did we do the Patreon? Uh, we did. We did it early. Oh, cool. So I think that's it. Make sure I to think... follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and anywhere else you can find us. Make sure to go check out Kess. Make sure to check out the Command Zone. Check out Ben's episode of Game Nights. Do all of those great things. We're at the MM Cast everywhere. I'm at Kess Wiley everywhere. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. And oh, the last thing, just because I didn't mention it, is I do a show called Nerds and Suits. It's a short form audio podcast reviewing all of the new films as they come out. My Infinity War review is up by the time you listen to this. And uh, yeah, next week we'll probably talk about Infinity War. Yeah, I would imagine so. And ben um, saw it already. I haven't. He's not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, I'm not allowed talk about uh you check out nerds and suits you can hear news and reviews all the time there and uh thanks for listening guys buy an ice hoop and a dropped up ball just do it and tweet about it all right thanks guys Bye. bye everybody thank you for your attention for further inquiries send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com see you later alligator